Hey guys, do you love candles as much as I love candles? If you do, you got to check out Circle E Candles. I'm telling you, their candles are absolutely my favorites. I have been buying candles from Circle E Candles for over 10 years, and my house always smells amazing. They're triple scented. They're also always running specials, so there's always a good discount on something, or if you buy a certain amount, you can get free shipping. I'm going to add their link in my show notes so you can go check them out yourself. And guys, seriously, this place is legit. They ship all over the United States. So check them out. They're fantastic. And I wouldn't steer you wrong. You know that. So hey, if I love them, I know you're going to love them. Circle E Candles. You really have to get yourself some. And also let them know you heard about them from me. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with VJ Julio. He is a fellow podcaster with Cheer Up Babe. Fantastic, by the way. And he went viral on TikTok. This guy is legit. Welcome to the show, VJ. Hello, Leslie. So nice to be talking to you. Leslie Fear, coolest name in podcasting. I don't care who you talk to. <laughs> Dude, you know, it is my given name. And like I said before, I was branding myself before I realized I was going to be a paranormal romance writer and a podcaster that talks about pretty much everything weird and really everything that interests me, including the paranormal. Isn't that funny? I'm really glad that you brought it up right at the jump because I had an immediate question. An immediate question was, did you get into paranormal romance novels because your name fit perfectly with it or did you change your name but since i know now that you did not change your name i need you to explain to me what a paranormal romance novel is because i haven't read it (laughs) oh okay you've heard all about twilight right I know about it. Okay. I know that there's vampires and then there's hot guys. Okay, so hot. so you've got vampires, paranormal, and a romance. That's it. Okay. Got it. Tell me but, about your favorite book. I want to know about your favorite book that you wrote that I should read first. Well, and real quick, backing up, I used to read Stephen King novels. I've read every single novel he's written since high school. So I have always been interested in that kind of genre. But my favorite book that I've written, and this is not about me, and I will stop after this, is honestly, I know, is probably, gosh, it's like saying, which child is your favorite? And that's so cliche, too. Um, Oh, I can tell you who my favorite child is. Well, you only have one, VJ. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We're going to talk about Gracie in a little while. I know, she's precious. I am a little bit biased but she is the best thing on the planet. And I am biased, but she's the greatest thing ever. I tell you, I watch her little face on your videos. Oh, by the way, you guys, you know me. You know my sensation now with TikTok. I'm obsessed now. It's it's a little embarrassing. But he gets on there. It hooks us all in. You're fine. It hooks us all in. If you make the decision to download it, guess what? You're in. There's no choice. Guess what? You are hooked. It's almost like having a beer and not being able to stop. Or maybe in my case, vodka. Whatever. And by the way, I don't even know why you don't like Tito's because Tito's is damn good and it's not cheap. So there. Well, listen, I'm a gin guy now, okay? okay. I have a kid. I'm a father now. Oh, gin is so, so much better that. than vodka. I, yeah, that's a more of a, a kid-friendly, yeah. 
If Ryan Reynolds makes it, I'm going to buy it. All right? Well, I'm switching to Mint Mobile next week, and I drink aviation gin. Is this a Ryan Reynolds promo? Is well, that know, what I'm doing right now? Well, I was about to introduce you as Ryan Reynolds because people accuse you of sounding like him, and this is just your normal voice. But honestly, I probably could have gotten away with it and really had a lot of downloads. So you just kind of ruined it for me. So thanks. Listen, you edit it however you want, okay? If you want to cut out and add different things here and there, you have my full support on that. And if you want to say that it's Ryan Reynolds, we could just go with it. I'll just act like I've been in movies. We don't actually actually talk about what I do. do. <laughs> well, you know what? I want to talk about what you do. Oh, and my favorite book I just wrote, because I didn't answer that question, is probably my most recent easy fix. It was in Kristen Proby's Boudreaux universe, and it is a, a sister book to all of her books. Anyway, so... There's that answer for now. Honestly, fascinating to me. Like, I want to read it, and I want you to send me a copy. Actually, that was pretty cheap of me to ask for a copy. I'm going to just go buy a copy, okay? Well, I'll send you a copy. <laughs> you don't have to read it, dude. You didn't even know what paranormal romance was, so don't feel obligated. Seriously. What if this just opens a whole new doorway, and now this is like I become obsessed with it, and then that's what my podcast turns into as well, as well as all of my TikTok content. I think that would be a great match made in heaven hey i'll take all the pimping you want to do for me dude i will take it all i'm serious <laughs> i love it okay so let me tell you why i wanted you on my podcast okay because i know you're wondering about that right uh yeah because i've listened to a lot of your episodes you have like hot air balloon pilots and a guy that went ghost hunting and then wrote books about it and i'm just like leslie i'm a dad i'm just like i'm the most normal person that you're going to have on your podcast so i do definitely want to know why you picked me. You're not normal, which I think that's a compliment, actually. Um, no, you know, you came up on my TikTok feed, and gosh, I'm always having TikTok people on, but you know what? It's an obsession, and I'm admitting it again. And dude, you're 28 years old. You've been married not a long time. What? How long have you been married? About three or four years? We got married in 2016, but okay. we got engaged in, uh, I'm going to get in trouble, 2013. Okay, so you've been together a while, so and you, so that's pretty young. You're 28, now you have a seven-month-old baby girl, and she is one precious baby. And I tell you what. I just, I, I always thought that I was going to be like a boy dad, because I was raised in a house with all boys, like it was the testosterone zone. It was all wrestling all the time. We had a wrestling room in our basement. I was raised in a small town in southeast Idaho called American Falls which has a population of 4,000 people. My high school had 500 kids in it. And my dad was the wrestling coach for the elementary school kids, the middle school kids, and the high school kids. Oh, wow. So in my house, it was one of those things where when we were younger, he gave us the option. He said, you don't have to wrestle. And I knew at five years old that, okay, my dad's given me this option. I cannot wrestle and not have a dad. Or... I can wrestle and see my dad literally 24-7. So I went with the wrestling option, and it ended up working out a little bit. So when I had a little girl, it was a shock to my system. But I'll tell you what, I can't imagine having anything other than my little baby girl because I was born to be a girl dad. Now that I'm grown up and I'm an adult-ish and I'm out <laughs> of the house, I'm like, let's go get Manny Petties. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm going to let her pick the colors. I don't even care. I'm supposed to be a girl dad. I can feel it in my butt. Well, see, you just answered everyone's question as to why I wanted you on my podcast. You're hilarious. You're, but, you know, another thing is, oh, you do the unqualified dad advice and on your podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. He go, guys, he goes on Reddit 
And he goes and searches through all these like forums of chats. And then he finds stuff that's, what is it called? Tell us what it's called. So on Reddit, which is, I don't know how to put this politely, the underside of the internet. Like it's just the backside that no one should go to. But once you're there, you're living in it type of thing. And it's just basically that's all it is. It's like chat forums, right? And the one that I go to is the advice column because it's the only reason I downloaded Reddit was to put it on my podcast. I had this idea. I didn't want to make it too personal with having like actual human beings write in because I can be a little bit brutal if I think that your question is stupid or I think that you're just being weak. <laughs> but So I went on Reddit where there's no harm, no foul there. And I just scroll through the advice column, hit stop, pick the title. I'd make an entire assessment based off the title. You might not appreciate this, but I judge the book 100% by the cover. And then after I give an assessment, I'll read the actual post, and then we can actually help people out with some unqualified dad advice. Because I've only been a dad for seven months. So I'm not qualified by any means, but I'm sure as hell going to give you that advice. Dude, you, seriously, and I'm going to get a little serious on you now because I'm not even joking. You give the best advice. And it's advice from a younger person who may not listen to somebody that's older like me, like your mom. You know, my kids don't listen to me. I mean, I was like, you need to listen to VJ Julio's podcast. You need to listen to it right now. I was like, put my phone in their face. And they were just like, mom. I mean, I've got a 23-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter. And they would both love you. It's kind of like a, a mom trying to set up her son or her daughter with somebody. You would love him. He's hilarious. You have to listen to him if you'll just give him a chance. <laughs> I love how now we're entering the like age where it's like instead of hooking your daughter up with a boy or your son up with a girl, it's like, I'm going to hook you up with the correct content that you need to be absorbing right now if you're going to be a good human being because there's so much crap out there. Well, I you, love that. Well, you know, and I've told you, I'm picky about what I listen to on my podcast. I really am. I mean, you get to be somebody that listens to podcasts when Hay House Radio was the only thing around. No podcast. That was the only thing. And it was just, you know, dial up. And I've been listening to that kind of stuff forever. And then I decided to be on another podcast being a contributor. And they were like, why don't you have your own podcast? I'm like, I don't, what? I'm a writer. I'm not doing that. And he's like, you need to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. That episode and you call him your mentor in the episode. What was his name? Oh, Jerry and Tracy Polly from Hillbilly Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to your episode with Jerry and I was like, this guy's speaking cadence is the polar opposite of my speaking cadence to where (laughs) everything he says, you just kind of sit there and absorb it because you can tell he's just calm with everything. And I'm not going to lie, when I was younger, I aspired to be that type of thing. But then I realized, hey, that's just not me. So I just roll with it. Well, but that's so good. And that's what's so good about your podcast, though. Seriously, and your TikTok account. Guys, he gets on TikTok and he's got his daughter. And normally when he's got his daughter in his arms, he doesn't, you know, curse or anything. Sometimes one will slip when she's not quite in the room. Yeah. but I try to to keep it clean. I try to keep it clean because that shouldn't be the basis of the content, right? Like I shouldn't be saying those words anyways to elicit some sort of funny response. And I do believe that there should be a level of humor that doesn't need a shock response, especially when I'm holding her. Yeah, just when you're holding her. Dude, it's free game for anything else. But guys, and it's precious and he's quick and he's witty and clever. And it's just hilarious. But I'm telling you, some of the advice he gives, I don't know if any of these Reddit people even know who he is. Nothing against you, dude. It's just 
I don't know if you tell them anything, <laughs> but he gets on his podcast and somebody will ask about, hey, I've got this toxic friend and he makes me feel like total crap whenever I'm around him, but he's my only friend that I have. And VJ's like, um, that one, that one, honestly, that was one of the ones where I had to take a second because I was like, all right, there's an aspect of this that kind of hurts my heart. This poor freaking kid is legitimately asking this advice about, I have one toxic friend, but I don't want to cut him out because then I'll feel lonely. And it's like, hey, man, uh, you know what, Leslie, I'm going to give it to you on your podcast right now. The advice that I would give to that person is you got to cut out the cancers in your life because you're in the same boat, regardless of whether you are lonely without anybody or if you're surrounding yourself with a toxic human being, you're still lonely because you're not still having that connection with another human being. So I told the young man via my podcast, so there's literally a 0.01% chance he heard it. (laughs) (laughs) I told him, you need to cut that cancer out of your life and learn how to be your own person before you go and find friendship, because I am a very strong believer, and you are the summation of the five people you hang around with the most. So if you're only hanging out with one person, you're going to start marrying that person. And if that person is making you feel like crap, you're going to start making other people feel like crap. And we're all on this planet for too short of a time in order to actually let that be a thing. So we got to take steps forward. I didn't mean to get all Buddha Gandhi on you right out of the gate, but here we are. No, hey, but this is why I wanted you on. You entertain me. You inspire me. You're young. You give me hope for the future for our country. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) I did get one comment once that said, VJ Julio 2024, and I'm pretty sure I replied, that would be the downfall of the entire nation. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, We're in a mess right now with anybody in politics at this point, but I may take that out. We'll see. Oh my God. So tell me about guys. He just had a baby seven months ago. The story with the pregnancy and then the birth guys, God bless Jordan. That is his wife. You got to tell him just a little brief synopsis of your story. Cause VJ. Wow. I'll try to be brief. I'm going to start this off with a pat on the back to where <laughs> I knew that out of the gate, I was not going to be one of those guys that, The woman goes into labor and they're like, hey, I'll be in the lobby. Call me when you need me. I was, I I held that right leg for the entire time and it was a battle zone for her. And I just felt, you know, like in the old war times when they were fighting with muskets and you had the little drummer boy that didn't even have a rifle, but he's there in the front lines just waiting to get shot. I felt like that. I felt like I was in the battle, but I could literally do nothing for the situation. So. She had to be induced, but she was only induced about four days early because her blood pressure got a little bit too high. And I was talking to the doctor. I was like, she just gets nervous sometimes. And he was like, nope, we're going to induce her. It's a little bit too much stress. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And the second we got into the hospital room, her blood pressure was completely back to normal. But we were already in the throes of it. So she got induced, immediately started contractions, and then... I want to say that the labor started at about 5.30 at night, and Gracie Lee was born the next day at 1.44. Oh, dude. So she went through, it was brutal. The contractions, especially when you get induced, they immediately start. There's no real ramp up. It's just at Mach 11 right away. Yeah. So she has the Pitocin or whatever going on, and 
it's like I'm watching my wife go through every single contraction and then the doctor's coming in like every couple hours to check if she's dilated. And I think it was after eight hours, maybe mm. might have been about seven hours. Uh, she was at a four. Oh, then the anesthesiologist came in and that was oh, a ride. It... <laughs> oh, listen. I'm not going to curse on your podcast, but this guy elicited a kick out of the window from me. I was, like I said before, I was raised with all boys. So my natural reaction is to handle people that I don't like with violence. And it was everything I could do to keep myself packed into my little be a good husband box for my wife. It's all about her in this entire exchange. But I didn't like this guy so much. So my wife had been battling for like... I don't know, nine hours, but he comes in, I think it was 8 a.m. about. So first off, everyone's tired. Like the nurses are tired. They're having their morning coffee and he comes in all bubbly, which normally I'm like, awesome. I like this. Let's just get some good energy in the room. But he wasn't the type of bubbly to where he brings people up. He was the type of guy that he walks in the room. All right. I need all eyes on me. I need to be the center of attention Uh. here. So I'm going to make the worst jokes and mannerisms possible for the situation. (laughs) And yeah, Jordan had reached the end of her rope and she had decided to get that epidural. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Like the pain you're going through, you're dilated to a four. Let's do everything we can to bring the energy and the situation down. This guy takes the needles out for the epidural and he has this medical napkin sitting behind my wife who's now sitting up, leaning over a table. I'm holding her hand in front of her and I can see the anesthesiologist guy. She can't see him. And he is, like, every time he does a movement with his hands, like with the needles, he's just doing little shoulder pops, like he's dancing. And he's doing little knee bounces, like he's dancing. And the medical napkin is sitting right behind her, literally right next to him. And instead of just setting the needles down, he's doing drop back, tossing them onto the napkin like he's Kobe in 2017. (laughs) He just drops back and he'll toss it. And my wife's not seeing any of this. And I'm also not going to bring attention to the situation because she's hitting a contraction a minute and her entire job is to stay still. So I'm not bringing it up. But Leslie, I'm blood red mad. (laughs) My adrenaline is through the roof. And I'm like, if this guy does a shoulder pop while he's putting the needle in my wife's back, he's going out the window and we're on the second story. (laughs) So it's about 15 minutes of this guy just dancing, getting, getting me mad. He's making comments. Every nurse is rolling their eyes. I'm rolling my eyes. And then the epidural goes perfect. He leaves the room and we go to set my wife back into the table. And I'm pretty sure my face was the color of a red delicious apple because I was just trying to hold my emotions toward that guy inside. And as she's laying back on the table, she goes, I really liked him. And I was like, yep, me too, for sure, 100%. He he was a great guy. He was a great, wonderful experience. And then I told her about it after the baby came. She was like, oh, my God. God bless you, honey, because she knows you. It probably took a lot of you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't even want to tell you my story because your wife will hate me. Why? Oh, were you one of the lucky ones that it's like, I had it in the car on the way to the hospital. (laughs) For almost the first baby, Jason, came in about six hours. He was my first. And Jessica, hour and a half after they put Pitocin in me. And I told the doctor that was going to happen. Yeah. I'm definitely going to give my wife a recap of this interview, and I'm 100% (laughs) cutting that part out. Don't let her know. (laughs) 
her best friend had a baby about a month after we had Gracie, and she had a very similar experience in terms of I think she was four hours. And yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about, well, God bless her. And you know what, though? The next baby you guys have, because I know you want more kids, that'll be faster. I promise you, it won't be as long. Well, Leslie, uh, fun fact, I actually got the green light from my wife to go ahead and give you a little exclusive on your episode. <gasps> She's pregnant. Wow, I'm so excited <laughs> for you. So we got player number two coming right up. We're really excited. This is, you know what? You're doing it the best way. I'm telling you, get them close together so they're not so far apart. My husband has a brother who's 12 years older than him, and they have nothing in common. So I think that's, well, he has sisters in between, but you know what I mean. But no. Yeah, of course. I mean, congratulations. And, you know, guys, they didn't even know what they were going to have. They waited until Gracie came out before they knew what she was. He was convinced he was going to have boys. And he was meant to be a girl dad. And who knows? You might have another one. Yeah. I was 100% meant to be a girl dad. There was never supposed to be anything else except unless this baby's a boy. Then I'm meant to just be a dad. But if this is also a girl, I'm obviously just meant to be a girl dad. I think... uh, I think we are going to find out on this one, though, oh, because really? when Gracie was born, the I, I'm going to do my best not to tear up because I tear up basically every single time I tell this part of the story. That's what happens so when you when have kids, honey. We Gracie already know that. When Gracie was born, <laughs> she had the umbilical cord wrapped around twice. Yes. So her head pops out, and we see the umbilical cord. We had a wonderful midwife that was helping the doctor deliver that just reached over and just kind of popped up around her head like a rubber band, which that was really nice and honestly was pretty beneficial, I'm sure, for Gracie. But she pulled her out and set Gracie on Jordan's chest so that I could cut the cord. I was also supposed to announce the gender, right? Right. Um, And Gracie was blue, and was limp, so I immediately entered shock. Jordan is in, you know, another planet in terms of the pushing that she... Oh, by the way, she pushed for four hours. I just... Wow. It was... It was insane. It was also, as we were going through it, I was like, this right here is why I wanted this woman to mother my children, because she's the toughest woman I've ever come across. Well, I tell you, in in the way you talk about your wife and your daughter, of course, but the way you talk about your sweet wife, I would want every 28-year-old, 38-year-old, 48-year-old, 58-year-old to talk about their spouse the way you talk about your wife. And let me tell you one thing about me, and that's another reason I wanted you on my podcast, and I'm getting a little serious here, but it's the truth. I love my husband more than anything in this world. I've been married to him for almost 25 years, and he's the best man I've ever known. And yes, I had a father, not the best father, but guess what? He's been the best husband and the best father to our two children, and he sends the best messages to them. He's taught me so much, and I'll get off my horse now and let you keep talking. No, you stay stay on that horse because (laughs) there needs to be more stories like that out in the world because... I couldn't agree with you more. No wool was pulled over my eyes in terms of I understand my blessings that I have, how lucky I am as a man in order to have found my wife, because I'm not going to lie to you, Leslie, I was a bit of a douchebag in high school to where like I just dated. And I was also the guy that I didn't know when I was going to get married. I didn't really have a plan for it. And then this little blonde girl just enters my life and I go, that's it. It's over. I remember I was sitting in the student union building my second year of college, and I'm doing a paper. Now, the reason that I feel like the stars were aligned on this is because when I went to college, not a big homework guy. 
Leslie. Okay, I went to I went to college to wrestle, and that's all I wanted to do. And I, I'm not trying to promote this to the younger people, the younger audience. Hey, if you go to school, focus on your grades. But I went to college to wrestle and stay eligible to wrestle. That's about it. And so the homework idea was definitely not a thing that I focused on. But there was just a random day where I was like. I have a paper to write. I might as well go down to the student union building and type it. And it was the first and last time I ever went into the student union building to do homework. But I'm sitting there writing a paper. This girl comes up to me. I had never seen her before. And our schools, our high schools, were close to each other. And we had never met. But her ex-boyfriend knew who I was. And they had talked about me before. Uh, that's going to sound super braggadocious, but it was like it's a wrestling thing. I, was, I had a reputation. Well, you were popular. So. I mean, you know, that was part of your ego. Let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. You had an ego. You were popular. People knew who you were. You were successful. I mean, that's just the way it was then. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that died off a little bit because <laughs> I was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could go back to 18-year-old me, I would knock him out, but, (laughs) but yeah, so she knew who I was. She comes down and she sits down and she goes, Hey, are you VJ Julio? And I look up from my computer and there's this, she was, she had just got done working out. Her hair was pulled back. You know, she's five, four and just this little like blonde girl. She's beautiful. My wife is gorgeous. She is. She's beautiful. Now, like you said before, I'm quick, right? Like, I pride myself on my ability to be able to come up with conversation fast, come up with stories on the spot. And I didn't say a word. She was like, you're VJ Julio, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And she, she was like excited to like meet me and like recognize me. Not in terms of like, she was like into it. I had to, I had to convince her for a really long time that she should even go out on one date with me. But she was just like, Oh, our schools played each other in high school. She pulls out a chair and she sits down. Now, also why the stars aligned, why would she sit down? I look like a meathead and I said, uh, 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 yeah. But she sat down and she goes, I know who you are. You wrestled for American Falls, right? And I was like, uh, huh? And she was like, yeah, I'm from Soda Springs. Our schools played each other. She's like doing her best to try to just start a conversation. And I'm looking through her because I'm not even absorbing what she's saying because in my brain, I'm screaming, hey, say something back. And I just can't come up with anything because she just knocked me on my ass. I was like, why is this super gorgeous girl coming and talking to you? This doesn't happen. So she was in the middle of her next sentence. She had been sitting there for about 45 seconds, maybe a minute. And I'm having a full-blown panic attack to where the conversation felt like it had been going on 45 minutes and I hadn't said anything. So I just said, give me your phone. Just in the middle of her sentence, I cut her off and I said, give me your phone. And she was like, I'm sure so many red flags were going off in her head. But she was like, what? And I was like, give me your phone. And I just couldn't think of anything to say to explain it. She like pulls out her phone and slides it across the table. And I put in my phone number and I slid it back to her. And I was like, that's my phone number. Text me when you want. I can do a lot better than what I'm doing right now. And she was like, excuse me. And I said, I can do a lot better than what I'm giving you right now. And I turned my back to her and waited for her to leave. I (laughs) I don't know why she ever texted me, but she texted me. And then four months of just getting to know her later she decided to let me take her out on the first date but 
She made you work, dude. And see, that tells me a lot about her and her integrity and just the fact that, you know, she wanted to make sure you were the right guy. And obviously you were. But I I gave her a lot of kudos for that because, you know, that takes a strong girl. You know, there's a lot of girls out there that are insecure and that want guys to like them. And, oh, I gave him my phone. He wanted my phone. I gave him my number. Of course he wants to have a relationship with me. And they get right into it. And she made you work. And that's what made you more connected to her. I, I know it is. Well, I mean, I went through so much self-assessment because from the beginning of the time we started talking, like before we'd even hung out for the first time, not counting that time in the student union building, we've always been an open book. I don't know what the deal was. It was just kind of like we were always 100% brutally honest with each other. So I would ask her out on dates through text messages and stuff or like, hey, how about we just hang out one time? And she would just be like, I'm going to be honest because, Leslie, I was obsessed with working out. And I wanted to, I, I looked like everybody's bully in high school. I was just, I had the cutoff t-shirt. I'm showing off my arms all the time. My hats were always on backwards or I was shirtless. I was that guy. You were a walking douchebag. Like bag. I said, I would have yeah. knocked myself out. <laughs> so she sees me and face value is, look at this screaming douchebag. And so she was definitely like, I'm going to keep you at arm's length. And it was just. Do you want to know how I got her to hang out with me for the first time? I would love to. It's a little bit manipulative, but <laughs> now that we're on the back end and we're married and we are about to have two beautiful children together, oh, I'm so it worked out in the end. So she was living in the dorms and I worked out at this Globo gym called The Peak. That's where I would go work out. And I knew that she liked working out based off of our first interaction. And I went to The Peak and I bought a three-month pass. And I went to Target and I picked out workout clothes that I just assumed she would like. And I went to her dorm room and I knocked on her dorm and she opened the door and I was like, here. And it was like in a gift bag and she opens it and she's like, what's this? I was like, you want to go work out? She was like, what? And I was like, let's go work out. And that was the first time I ever got her to like hang out with me in person and have a conversation with me. And then from there, it just kind of built and built and built and built because I did self-assessment through that whole four months of like, why isn't this girl giving me the chance? And she's telling me, because I think that you're one of those guys. And I know that before her, I can honestly say I was one of those guys a little bit, you know, not, not as bad as some, but I definitely was one of those guys. And it was one of those things where I had the revelation, if you want a girl like her, if you want to be able to date a girl of her standard, you're going to have to rise to the occasion. So I understand that is because of my wife that I am the man that I am today. So when I talk about her, I make sure that it's always in that respect. And she also knows that I feel that way about her. And obviously I've proven myself through our relationship to where she now feels that same way about me. And I honestly, I couldn't say enough about our relationship. It's hands down the greatest thing that I've ever been a part of. And I just wish that more people could find that, but it just kind of came together. It just was wonderful. And here we are almost 10 years later and it's only gotten stronger from the beginning. Well, and you know, VJ, the thing is, you guys have that mutual respect for each other and that's truly, it's love and all that, of course, but it's that mutual respect that I don't think a lot of people your age really have and I think they're more superficial and I wish more younger people really took it more seriously because this is not a trial marriage. 
You know, some people are like, oh, if it doesn't stick, we'll get married again. Or I'll divorce and do it again. And hey, sometimes you just marry the wrong person. I get that. Of course. But I also think that it really is about lifting each other up. And I feel like I'm, that song is in my head. You lift me up. You know, really, seriously. But <laughs> it's like, seriously? But it's, but it's so simple. It's so simple. First of all, it's effortless because that's how you feel. But that's all it really takes. That and, of course, some, a little bit of sex and some baby action. But, I mean, other than that. <laughs> you got to keep that going, of course. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just so nice. My son, he's engaged. He's going to get married in September. He'll be 24 three days after he gets married. And oh, she'll yeah. be 24 a month after they get married. And they want kids so badly. And I'm like, yes, you know, I'm, I don't care. I don't care how young I am to be a grandmother. I don't care. Yeah, grandma wants those kids right away. That's oh, one thing I learned. Dude. All grandparents want those kids. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, I, I cannot wait. I'm like, you know what? You guys can just leave the baby and just go away. And then they come back and get the baby and it's fine. You know, I bet you're, I bet you're so excited. And that's awesome. That's so good. That's such great news for your son. That's so exciting. Like yeah. talk about one of like, the most exciting times of your life because you know that you're turning that chapter into something new and awesome. Right. And, you know, he was Mr. Track guy in high school and he was fairly popular. I don't know. I mean, different situation, but kind of the same. He was pretty well liked and a lot of the girls liked him. And, you know, he finally found someone who was like your wife in the way of she's like, I've got my own thing going on. I'm not going to see you tonight. I'm going to my girlfriend's house or I'm going to go do this. And you know, I'll see you later. You know, it was like that. I love that. That is, that is so great. That is awesome. Yeah. But you know what? And a lot of people don't do it anymore like that though, VJ, they don't consider themselves, you know, in that whole situation. Well, I think uh, one of the problems that I've kind of seen, cause I'll, I've had friends that I went to high school with that have already been married and divorced now. And yeah. I think first of all, I feel like people don't work as hard as they used to, just kind of in general. I have to give a lot of credit to my family growing up. Like, the way that my dad raised me and the way that our household was ran, it was all surrounded by discipline and work ethic. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so that just kind of mirrored itself over into when I have this relationship that means so much to me. I'm not going to let anything slip. I'm going to keep working for it. The way that I describe it, I have two real younger brothers that I was raised in the house with, Boone and Gunner, and Boone is engaged and he's going to get married in a few months. Oh, that's cool. And my one piece of advice to him was love isn't emotion. Love isn't something you just feel because feelings fade. Feelings are fleeting. They're like a spark. Love is a verb. Love is an action word. You have to give love every single day. And the more you give it, the more you're going to receive it. And that's if I could give anybody a piece of advice on how they approach their relationship, it's that you have to constantly put things in an action sense. Like you can't just rest on your laurels and be like, oh yeah, the relationship's great. And you just kind of go on autopilot. And then when trials and tribulations come up, people just want to take the easy way out. And it's like, now granted, some divorces need to happen if it's an extremely toxic situation. But if it's right. just you're going through a difficult patch. You just got to put that work in. I mean, I, I firmly believe that, and so does my wife, because we've been through our own trials and tribulations, just like every single relationship on the planet. But our main foundation is, hey, I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And if that's not an option, we're going to find a way to work through it. And you know what, VJ? That's why I wanted you on my podcast. Not even kidding. <laughs> 
seriously, I mean, you don't find many 28-year-olds that are this mature about life already. And you know what? It's only going to carry you with you and your new baby and Gracie and your sweet wife. It's only going to make it stronger for all of you. You're only going to get better and better. But trust me, it gets better and you can't imagine it. But it does. It's just crazy. I know. Well, I, I shouldn't say I know. I'm just saying based off of my experiences that I've had so far, I mean, when I initially met her and she initially agreed to marry me, I thought it wouldn't get better from there. But you're right. It just has been getting better and better. And I, it, just, it just makes me so excited. Yes. It, makes me, it makes everything about our life together like, so exciting. Right. I'm so proud of you both for just being present for each other and for contributing, if nothing else, to just, to me, actions speak louder than words. And when your friends and when even people see you on TikTok or when people hear your podcast, your message speaks so much louder than anyone else that might just say, hey, go out and date. Any advice that some marriage, you know, podcast can give, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're great. But just real life, real talk, and just someone actually talking about what's going on with whoever or whatever is going on in their life, what you're doing for society in those moments when you do talk about it on your podcast, or when you do do a little TikTok with your daughter or your wife, or just you talking about mending a chair or trying to make a coffee stand or whatever you're doing, you know, that's what reaches people. That's why they go viral. It's not because people are just throwing advice at you at every turn. And it's just cliche and the same crap over and over and over. You know, it's, it's different. It's refreshing. It's organic. And that's what makes it so successful. That's why you are where you are right now with your podcast. It's blowing up. And your TikTok, it's viral. You're, you're just doing so well. And I don't have many people like you on my podcast, just because I don't find many people like you. Leslie, I've gotten more compliments in the last 45 minutes or however long we've been talking than I've gotten in my entire... That's very sweet. Like, genuinely, that my entire impetus for starting my podcast, I just wanted to just be myself and talk about stuff that I care about. Yeah. So for people that want like a little rundown on what the actual podcast is, I don't have any guests on because waiting for the first guest, and that's going to be Ryan Reynolds. And until he comes on this podcast, no guests on the podcast. See, guys, he sounds exactly <laughs> like Ryan Reynolds. He really if, does. If you don't believe me, go to the comment section of my TikTok. You'll read it every third comment. Not that it's old or anything, but yeah. And uh, Hey, this dude sounds like just, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's just a stream of consciousness podcast. So it's just me sitting down. I have a few things that I want to discuss, and usually it lasts about an hour. And it's just sometimes it gets really serious. Sometimes it's super silly where you almost always do unqualified dad advice because that is so fun. You have but to do that every time. You can't not do that. You have to do it every time. I know. I, I did like one episode without it and I got messages. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Message received. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, listen, I know you've got things you got going on and we actually started doing this earlier because I know you have to go, but tell everyone where they can reach you. Tell them your handle tell them everything uh, social media related to you I'm not gonna lie it almost makes my stomach turn to say you can find me on TikTok <laughs> <laughs> you can find me there too it's okay <laughs> but you can it's VJ Julio it's G-I-U-L-I-O but if you really want to hear me you can check out my podcast it's called Cheer Up Babe and 
It's going to be under the name Vincent Julio for legal reasons. But my name is BJ Julio. You can call me BJ. If you want to listen to any podcast, I only have like 10 up right now, but it's just really, really fun. It's supposed to be the best hour of your day. There's so much like uproar and aggression in the media today that I wanted to release a podcast that's about an hour that is just light and it's fun. You put a nice cozy hoodie on, you sit down. You lock the kids in the closet. They'll be fine. You tell your significant other that you're in the room with, hey, shut up for the next hour. This isn't about you. And then you just click play and you have that hour to yourself. That's the entire impetus for the podcast. (laughs) And it's great. It's magic, man. It's magic. (laughs) It really is. And I'll put all of your links in my show notes. I'll put your podcast link. I'll put your TikTok link. And um, VJ, you have been so much fun. And I haven't laughed this much in one of my episodes in a very long time. So thank you so much for joining me today. Leslie, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Like I said before, I can tell that every single word that you say comes through a smile. And it's so nice to have conversations with people like that. So thank you for having me on. This has really been, it's really been a fun time. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.